Welcome to 5-Minute Film Finder. Brought to you by Pioneer Library System. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Deep Focus 5-Minute Film Finder. Uh, you're probably getting used to hearing my voice on all these, so I might pass it along one of these weeks, but I am joined by one of my, uh, don't tell anyone else, but you might be my favorite co-host. Aww. Uh, it's it's London. Everybody loves London. Hi, everyone. I love you, too. It's a, But don't tell anyone, though. Okay, that's, okay. That's really important. Sorry. Yeah. I already said it, but... Well, yeah, I mean, so, they'll find out eventually. Should we start over? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll go back and edit this out. Okay, that's okay, fine. great, that's fine. great. Uh, yeah, Deep Focus... Um, it's you know I mean we've already kind of talked about it a little bit but uh, it's uh, it's October uh, it's it's horror month um, I think literally every one of our hosts and co-hosts have been counting down the days until we can talk about horror movies. Um, what movie are we talking about today? We we debated on this for a while on what what would be a good deep focus horror film. You just made me realize how sad I'm going to be come November first, but <laughs> well, until then, it is October, and we're talking about Suspiria, Suspiria. today. Suspiria, the, the original. We really struggled with finding a movie to talk about, um, kind of to this length. Um, it's not that we didn't have; it's almost like we had too many. You know, um, we talked about what we talked about Halloween. Halloween. We, you know, and uh, we kind of feared. Well, you know, I mean, they they might see that one coming. Um, I mean, there's some great movies streaming on Canopy and Hoopla. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've just been dying to sink our our claws into it. And uh, by the way, I w- that will come back the claw. There, there's a there's a claw in this movie that I have an issue with. <laughs> Is the claw attached to a really hairy arm? A really hairy arm. Okay, that that's n- never identified. That never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> we're getting it out of ourselves so if this is your first time listening to us this is our longer version we're picking one movie instead of two we're going to spend some time on it it's a little more loosey-goosey we're going to talk through the plots and give our reactions and and try to convince you in a long form uh why to watch this movie so uh suspiria this is the original london pointed out this is the 1977 dario argento film um coming to us from it from italy um, the name is Latin. The movie's Italian. It takes place in Germany. Uh, it's it's all over the place as far as its identity goes. Um, it's an international film. It's an international film. Uh, I think you and I saw this in similar instances. Where did you first see this movie? I saw this um, in college, in just kind of randomly in an Italian cinema class, mm. and I had never heard of it, knew nothing about it, and I was absolutely blown away. I think I. I, I'm not. I, don't, I could couldn't tell you my professor's name, you know, for the life of me. But I think I saw this in the exact same place. Um, they had it on, and you know, it's a nightly screening in those classes. And so sometimes you're jazz, sometimes you're not. Um, I had heard of this film. Um, I had mentioned it to a professor that we were watching it, and he just kind of gave me a ooh, you know, ooh, yeah, you've never seen spooky. it. Yeah, you've never <laughs> seen it. Oh, uh, you know. And uh, so first off, we're, we're going to dive into some stuff. But this movie. I would go as far as to say you've probably never seen a movie like this. Um, th- there's things that you've seen in this movie, tropes and themes and ideas that maybe have been repeated in some fashion, but this is probably one of the most unique movies I've probably ever seen, um, you know, within reason. For being in the 70s, for being horror, abiding by those rules, uh, what do you think? I mean, I think this movie is pretty individualistic on a lot of levels. Absolutely. Well, so visually you've probably never seen anything like this and you're not going to and it's going to stick out to you when i first watched it i don't know if this is 100 percent true but i was told this was the last film shot in technicolor oh certainly one of the last films sure Te- technicolor had gone by the wayside this was expensive there were other ways to do it so the colors in this are fantastic just the most saturated reds blues greens just all the textures and um yeah, it's very uh, amazing to look at. Absolutely, and that's that's something, you know. I, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it in a couple of parts. This movie is by no means perfect. I would say. I think this movie is definitely flawed in some ways, um, but I think the parts that it gets right um, really just make it alive. I mean, this movie is going on, you know, going to be 50 years old. Uh, you know, here in a couple of years, if my, if my math is right. Um, but yeah, it's like 45, 45. So um. Yeah, it, it, there's a reason that it's sticking around. Um, there's a reason that you can't go to a movie store without finding a copy for $20 minimum, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> nowadays. Um, this movie is just visually stunning. Um, the monsters are unique. The plot's unique. But um, 
Let, let's go ahead and, and, and talk about some plot points. We can give our reactions along the way. Um, they did do a remake that we had talked about before this podcast um, in 2018. So I will reference that because I think there are some interesting kind of parallels here and there. Um, but yeah, let, let's dive into it and, and, and give some general reactions uh, to what's going on. So starting us off, uh, it's 1977 uh, Suspiria. This was not Dario Argento's first film uh, by any means. Um, I think in Italy, Argento was relatively well-known. This is by far his biggest hit. This is this is um, his legacy, which and you've actually got to meet uh, Mr. Argento, correct? I did meet him at a horror convention and uh, was probably a little starstruck. And, sure. You know, he's still with us. He's I think he's about 81. Sure. But, um, was, was it recent that you got to meet him? It was maybe four years ago. Okay. So that, that was pretty exciting. I, I brought my very fancy copy of Suspiria to show Kindle, is which so is cool. signed by the director and some of the actors and... It's so cool. One of my favorite possessions. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, but um, it's a good little segue. You, uh, it also features the soundtrack to it uh, by the band Goblin, mm-hmm. uh, which is easily probably one of my second my second favorite thing about this movie is the is the soundtrack. It's amazing. Um, it's it's iconic. It's instantly mm-hmm. iconic. Uh, my my wife has watched this movie in passing with me, and she has never seen it in full, but she she could tell you the soundtrack mm-hmm. though. Um, because it's it's just a man whispering into a microphone mm-hmm. and chaotic. I don't even. How do you it, describe this? It's not your everyday kind of music. No, it's, but it's it's good though. It's, it's you know when you know that a, a group called Goblin made the music, you're like, okay, <laughs> I I accept that. Right. That makes sense. It's it's fantastic. Uh, the movie's great, but um, that's kind of a good little segue because this the music, the colors. This movie is I would say 98 percent atmospheric. Um, and so starting off, the plot kind of falls secondary, but let's t- let's kind of talk through it. So your main character you got is Susie. Is it Banyan? Banyan. Banyan. I always want to say Bannon. Uh, Susie Banyan, uh, she's an Am- American ballet student. Uh, she's arrived in Freiburg, Germany, and she's going to uh, she's gotten accepted into this co-ed uh, dance academy, this prestigious dance school. Um, and that, that's like the first bit of information. You don't mm-hmm. see her trying out for it. You just see she's a young student, uh, which she's gorgeous, by the way. Uh, who, who's the actress that plays uh, Susie? That is Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper. She's gorgeous. Um, super jealous of that hair. Um, <laughs> it, it's great hair. Yeah, it's Conditioner. Conditioner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she she arrives. Um, she gets into a cab. She She's going to this academy. Um, and... She uh, goes to. They show the exterior of this academy, and again, you see these like right off the bat. These colors are super saturated. This red, menacing building, which apparently is based off a real building in Freiburg. I didn't know that, mm. um, but really cool though because they they shot this in Rome on sets, but they took inspiration mm. in Freiburg. Um, but she uh, sees kind of a, a uh, immediately kind of an important person. Uh, can, do you mind walking me through kind of like what happens as she arrives to the school? She arrives, and a young woman, um, it, you know, it's just pouring down rain. This kind of horrible storm is happening. Um, she's in a strange place. There's a young woman who is kind of abruptly emerges from the front door of the academy. She leans in the doorframe for a while. She, You see her mouthing things and, and to herself into the air. Um, she looks distressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're really not sure what's going on. Um, and then as Susie approaches the door, that young woman, um, the character's name is Pat. Pat. Um she takes off at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just she just kind of leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she runs away at this point. She says something about, um, if I recall correctly, that she does say something about like irises and secrets. This is revealed later, but she's something about secret and irises. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but and Susie's just kind of like, oh, okay. She's pretty calm. <laughs> she's very calm for this woman who just like flees into the forest on this stormy night. Um, she goes to buzz the door, saying, "Hey, it's me, Susie. You should be expecting me." Um, and an unnamed person just says, uh, "Go away, go away." She says, "I, I was watching it th- today," and and she goes, uh, "I don't know who you are. Go away." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, I relate to that." The wizard is not in. <laughs> go away. Oh, no. And then just like quits answering. I was like, mm-hmm. "Man, that is what just a absolute choice to do that to mm-hmm. someone." Uh, but send Susie away. Susie can't can't go to the academy, the uh, Tounts Tounts Dance Academy. She can't go that day, so she gets in the cab. They drive her away. Um, but this is kind of, it's its a little confusing because I actually had a coworker say, oh, is this the protagonist referring to Pat? Because it goes to Pat's perspective after this. Yeah. Um, for probably, 
uh, I mean, there's several iconic scenes. I think this might be one of the most iconic scenes of this movie. Yeah. Um, but it follows Pat. She's fleeing from something you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you you look like you want to interject on something. It do- it just now occurred to me. You never really see where, <laughs> um, where Susie Banyan goes no, for don't. the night. <laughs> I don't know if she went <laughs> home with the cab driver or if she found a hotel. <laughs> but it does cut to Pat. She has run to um. A friend's apartment. I don't know that the friend is associated with the Academy at all. I, I don't think so. That's not really established. Yeah. But she's very rattled, and she really can't tell her friend what has happened. She said it's too absurd. Yeah. And and, and I do want to point out, this apartment building they go into, I mean, if it's a real place, it's probably the most interesting, fascinating-looking mm-hmm. place I've ever seen. It's like art deco ex- architecture. It's like saturated colors. I mean, this whole scene, this is like the the like idea of this whole movie is it's all about substance it's all about substance the designs on the floor the walls the um the glass roof it's all very beautiful but also i feel like i would lose my mind looking at it yeah and and there's no one she like runs through at night like i I don't think she's yelling but she's kind of frantic Mm -hmm. and like there's no one there like it's just it's like this kind of you, you see this a lot in this movie is it's like it's open spaces it's dark hallways it's a lot of a lack of people mm-hmm. um there are scenes where you see normal people but all the scary stuff happens you know whenever they're alone and it's nighttime um so she meets up with her friend pat meets up with her friend um I, I think there's something along the lines of so you got kicked out of school, mm-hmm. you know, life no big go- deal. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. Life goes on. Um, you don't know why. You don't know why she got kicked out of school. Um, but she is first off, she's in a room by herself, Pat, um, kind of being rattled, and the, the window blows open, and her friend just goes, "Just close the window!" Uh-huh. Like immediately. <laughs> yeah. It is. I will say again, this movie is not perfect. This is like a the room level acting. Well, Pat is a little shell shocked, and her friend comes in. She says, "The wind." The window burst open. I got scared. <laughs> I got scared. And like her friend walks in and like, I mean, there's literally no beat. She walks in and goes, close the window. <laughs> yeah. We, I think we have to mention here, there is a lot of dubbing. Um, yes. So you have at least one American actress. You have Italian actors. There are German actors. Um, I think everyone was speaking in their native tongue to each mm-hmm. other and maybe not understanding each other necessarily. And so there is a good amount of dubbing. Yeah, yeah, and that that's super important. I'm glad you pointed that out because that is not, surprisingly, that's not uncommon for these mm-hmm. movies, for people to be speaking languages that they don't understand to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, happened all the time with Spaghetti Westerns shot in Italy. You know, it's, and so, um, yeah, I mean, there there's a, a character later in this movie that didn't understand, I think it was Italian or English, and it was just full German, no one could understand him, mm-hmm. it was an issue. Um, so she's by herself, the window blows open, she gets spooked, her friend says close the window and leaves the room again. Um, there's this fantastic shot um, that that's an exterior shot looking at a window, looking at Pat. It kind of places you as the point of view of mm-hmm. like an unseen thing. And then it kind of commences into the next sequence, um, which is very shocking. This Probably what this is five minutes saying this is too long, like of a stretch of a scene going on. It's it's got some meat to it. It's this got is some a meat good to scene. it. Um, yeah, walk me through. It makes. I have, I have to say something. Okay, yeah, go for it. Go for it. When you're staring out the window for that long, <laughs> and you see a monster, <laughs> you run away from that window. <laughs> you don't stand there no, and keep staring. No. And you know, it's like it hints at possibly her being like enchanted in some way. But again, it never tells you, and so you're just like this. This Pat, unfortunately, just has no survival instinct in no, her whatsoever. No. Um, it hints that she can see something. She eventually sees glowing eyes looking at her out the window, and she's just like, "What? What is out this window? What's going on?" <laughs> and then a cameo by our favorite Harry Harry Claw. <laughs> I can't talk right now. <laughs> There's, there's, okay. it, it's a good scary scene i know i'm laughing right now no but. it's terrifying it's legitimately terrifying i will say probably the most terrifying thing about this scene though is that so this hairy armed claw busts through the window holds her head against the glass and it's the most disturbing i felt like real life outside of this movie i felt so bad for this actress because her face is smushed they make like smushed pig face (laughs) against the window and it's not quick no (laughs) it 
goes on not. for like a minute. And like this actress is clearly not comfortable. Her face, her lip is like touching her nose. <laughs> And and so this hairy arm that never comes back in the movie is attacking her and eventually does it pull her out of the window or does she pull away? Well, I think she pulls away. It it, it cuts away for a minute because we do see her friend banging on the door oh, and then right. all of a sudden I think she's out on like a terrace. Yeah, which her friend by the way ye- is yelling to other people in the apartment saying there's a murderer. Mm-hmm. So her friend is a Sherlock Holmes level detective. As far as putting that together. Yep, just by sound. Just by sound. Just by sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her friend's yelling, can't get in the room. Um, Pat is having a bad time. Mm-hmm. Pat's having a real bad time. This, like, we're laughing, but this is genuinely, this with, like, Goblin score and, like, the the stabbing. Um, my coworker Tracy said that the body of Pat is made of butter and that the knife is a, is a heated knife because she just gets, she gets stabbed. Yeah. And, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty violent. Yeah. Um, it's a good moment to say there is, you know, a good bit of gore in this movie. There's sure. blood. I don't think anything ever feels hyper realistic. This no. kind of feels like a fairy tale. Absolutely. To me, but if you are sensitive to that, it is there. Yeah. So. And, and I think that's the, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think it is in a way it's a very like, it's, it's a horror movie fairy tale. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like the colors and everything added to that's very fantastical, but it's like, there's a scene like she's getting stabbed and it's like, okay, like, you know, one or two stabs and she'd be dead in like realism. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's a scene where it just shows like her heart her being stabbed. Her exposed heart. Yeah, is being stabbed. It's like it's clearly not taking itself no. as being grounded in reality. Um, and so she gets stabbed. They somehow end up on the roof. Um, it, it, again, this this person that we can't see that has a hairy arm is like wrapping a thing around her. Um, and it's it's kind of cutting in between her friend running around. Uh, there's a giant glass pane at the top of this building. Uh, her face is like slowly pushed through this. Yep. And then eventually her body falls. Glass falls and kills her friend and they're both dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Pat's like hanging from it. It's just very chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point though. Like I feel like Argento was like, here's the rug, rip it out from your, you know, yeah. from your legs. Yeah. Like this is, this is what's going on. From the get-go with this film, they're setting the tone, and it's I think it's fantastic. And then you get this this kill, yeah, very early on. So real quick, I I want to I want to because I, I want to take this more loose, like like we said. Um, I have heard, and and I want your opinion. I've heard that this was actually this opening scene was kind of thought separate from Suspiria, and was kind of Argento like putting together a horror movie, and then kind of just like shoehorned it into Suspiria in the opening. Um, and it kind of makes sense, I think. But w- what do you? What are your thoughts on that? I like, had not heard that, but that would make sense to me. Yeah, it's um, like a different. I, you know, we haven't talked about really what or who the villain is of this movie. I have some thoughts about the hairy arm monster person. Okay. But, okay. Um, well, yeah. Tell me them as we get to them. Okay. Is, yeah, but um, yeah, I've heard. I kind of come across that it's like people thought. You know, because it, it does feel a little separate. Like, there's not really there is like a stabbing or like a knife later, but it's like there's not really a. It's a perfect time to talk about it. Giallo. Giallo mm-hmm. is a famous uh, genre of Italian horror. Um, it usually, I don't know all the the staples, but I know it involves like a black gloved killer. Um, it involves like kind of it's a detective. Detective. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's like style against style mm-hmm. over substance. Um, and this was right around then. Dario Argento mm-hmm. is a very famous Giallo director. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I heard that this was possibly in the case. The the scene works for me. Hearing that 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 makes sense, but the scene doesn't bother me or slow anything down. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it works in this context. I think. I mean, this. I remember watching this the first time, and I was like, oh my! Like I was kind of casually watching mm-hmm. it, and this was. I was like, oh my gosh, it is disturbing. Um, and and her friend is unfortunately like crushed by glass, and like there's like glass in her face mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, it is very intense for being not realistic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. That's the end of that scene. Um, we kind of come back the next day, and so Pat's missing. Pat's the character that's got murdered. Uh, Susie returns to the school, and she meets Miss Tanner. Uh, Miss Tanner is a very German woman. Uh, she's she's great. I don't know if the actress is German that plays her, but she just does a very good German like physicality and you know expressions and stuff. It looked like you would have commented. I, I get really stuck on Miss Tanner because I I think she's 
awesome and they've put this awesome character together i'm saying awesome too much mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also she's kind of frightening to me oh, she's, she's very terrifying. very strict uh kind of head teacher at the dance academy yeah with um she's got some shoes on she can kick your butt with those shoes oh yeah absolutely and and um i i, I have the the remake pulled up too they they do have miss tanner back in the remake mm-hmm. as well um she's a great character she's just she's kind of the headmaster mm-hmm. in of sorts um kind of the disciplinary figure at the dance academy uh but Susie's like hi i'm Susie. Uh, you know i'm here to be in the dance academy and, and miss tanner's like where were you last night yeah, yeah wh- where were you at they're strict with her and everyone else every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't kid around at the dance academy. And I kind of noticed some little things here and there. Like, for instance, this is a good point to point it out, is like they, they start telling her, you know, oh, you'll have to pay to stay here. Um, that's part of your fees. And this comes up a little later, but Susie's like, you know, no, I, I have a place off, off school. And, mm-hmm. and there are efforts to make her, like, stay yeah. on, on campus. And so... Um, it's if you don't know what the movie's about, it's not immediately clear what they're getting at. But you're like, go back and you're like, oh, okay, like mm-hmm. I see what's going on here. There are some, you know, more subtle things going on yeah. than, you know, stabbing of hearts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she meets Miss Tanner. Miss Tanner introduces her to Madame Blanc. Um, again, these are probably the two, I would say, the two big people that are important as far as that belong to the Taunts da- Dance Academy. Madame Blanc is the uh, kind of vice directress yeah. of this academy. And she is played by Joan Bennett. I don't know her whole filmography, but she's like classic Hollywood. I mean, yeah. she goes back to silent films. Yeah, I I, I actually read. So this was her last film, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, that um, Dario Argento sought her out because she worked with Fritz Long. And okay. so they were like, yeah, like, I, I love that. So that, I mean, that's crazy. If, if you don't know much about film, I mean, that's the guy who did Metropolis, you know, back in the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, And so, I mean, yeah, that absolutely. Um, she She has some chops. Yeah. So um, Madame Blanc, she introduces them. Um, there's kind of like, if, if I remember correctly, there's some detectives there. There's some detectives investigating. They are investigating about Pat. Yeah. Which, and Pat's Pat's having a bad time. Pat's, Pat's you know. And so they say, oh, you know, I, I think they're giving them some conflicting times, it sounds like, or stories. Because um, they're saying, oh, when were you trying to, you know, get in, Susie? And then, oh, that's the time she might have left at. You might have seen her. Kind of giving the cops a run around. Um it never super comes back, right? Uh, not a whole lot. They kind of let Pat go. Yeah, it's it's so, unfortunate. Yeah, Pat Pat kind of. Well, new troubles arise. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and then Miss Tanner introduces Susie to uh, Pavlos, who, uh, if I'm saying his name correctly, I forget how they actually say it. It's something like that. Yes, he's Romanian. He's Romanian. Yes, he's a servant there. Don't worry about saying mean things to him because he doesn't understand you. Mm-hmm. Is what they say. But he clearly understands them. Yeah, yeah. Miss Tanner sad. is commenting how ugly he is he, right in front of him. He's yeah. He, I mean, he's not the prettiest thing in the world. But he's, he's kind of the lurch yes. of the dance academy to kind of put that in context. I think that's a great yeah. yeah. And so they say, oh, this is him. Don't worry about him. He doesn't speak English. You know, insult him all you want. She's kind of leading him around. Uh, she also meets Sarah and Olga. Those are going to be two important people. Um, if I remember correctly, and I have in my notes, Olga is. Um, I believe, is Susie living with Olga? Oh, no, they set it up. They set it up in this next scene. Very briefly. Yeah. She goes to live with Olga. She meets him, and, and she's like, oh, this is the person you'll be living with. And the person's like, and Olga's like, oh, you know, hi, I'm, I'm your, I think she's like, hi, I'm your tenant, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. give me 50 bucks in advance. Um, but yeah, so th- those two are important because Sarah and Olga will absolutely come back. Um, but then after this, I, I'm, I'm going to move to the hallway scene because I love, Please, I I love these too. two people yes, yes. Um, so much. Uh, so much so that I, my uh, again, while I was reviewing this for my notes, my coworker asked if I could dress as one of these characters for Halloween. Is it Albert? It was Albert. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she walks down the hallway and there's this, do we know, do we know the woman's name? I don't know. I, I don't. I was ca- in my head. I was calling her the cook lady. The cook lady. Yeah. It says. It says according to Wikipedia, it says the school's matrons. So okay. sure, that they walk down the hallway and there's this this cook and she has a knife and there's this young German blonde boy and he's in his knickers and. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre, but it's so creepy. This always stops me. So Susie's walking down the hallway, kind of slowly. Uh-huh. They catch her attention. It's weird. I think she's polishing silver, or oh, yeah. or cleaning a knife. I'm not sure what yeah, she's I'm doing. I'm pretty sure it's a knife. Okay. I thought it was a it, knife. It is something sharp and pointed. But she has a tray full of what looks like silver objects or something. But she's sitting in the hallway doing whatever her task is. 
they have the most intense stare down oh my gosh. you can imagine and oh, it will make yeah. you uncomfortable oh yeah perfect horror movie vibes mm-hmm. of just like ooh, i don't like this and yeah. i think even albert has like a creepy little smile on yeah. his face eventually it, i mean it's very what's the man i feel so out of place for saying this but like what's the word when it's like it looks like a painting you know what i'm talking about i do um, um it, listeners at home you can let us know when something looks like a painting because it's very much that um it, it these two like standing by each other she kind of like turns the knife and it like does a reflection in susie's eyes and it there, there's it's really cool because there's a scene she turns the knife it flashes in susie's eyes and and you can tell like is either Dario Argento or somebody like kind of throws dust in the air because yeah. it like reflects in the dust. Li- the, uh, light. the light kind of changes and all of a sudden you just see all the dust in the air. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're again. Um, is this kind of like where Susie's like afflictions, not feeling great, starts? I, I think so. That's my understanding. Yeah. Um, Susie kind of she's she's kind of dazed walking down the mm-hmm. hallway after that, um, kind of out of her element. Um, but then again, that the, the the important thing to take away is that she's going to be living with Olga. Um, so she doesn't feel good. She kind of loses consciousness in and out and she wakes up and she's found out that Olga has, no, has kicked her out. She's brought her stuff to the school. She collapsed in dance class. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so they've taken her to a room and we don't see this, but Olga has brought all of her things back to the academy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of kicking her out. Just immediately kicking her out. And and again, if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, oh, that's, you know, oh, that's too bad. But it's kind of like. If once you know what this movie is good getting towards, you're kind of like, ooh, that's like that's strategic, and you know, mm-hmm. by by these people and stuff. And another thing to make you uncomfortable, you know, and kind of set the tone of things. As soon as she wakes up from having collapsed, she's being held down by the the school staff oh and gosh. being forced to drink out of a pitcher. I forgot about with that. With like kind of an awkward lip on it, and yeah. they're just like force feeding her water, and Absolutely. she's fighting them. And yeah, it it is an uncomfortable scene. It's it, and I, I don't necessarily remember any dialogue that's happening, but no. yeah, they're just like forcing it on her and telling like, her oh she needs fluids. Gosh. She collapses and there's some blood running from her nose, and I think they're trying to rehydrate her. But. That's right. Oh yeah, because that's right. Then the doctor brings her like some fruit and some wine, wine. and they're like, "Oh, here's wine to what did she say? Like better build, build up the blood, build up the blood." Yeah. And you're like, "What? That's a weird thing yeah. to say." <laughs> My blood is very strong. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, Susie is now living, and, and they're like, oh, well, we'll put your fee of living here into your school costs, so don't even worry about it. Um, it's all very convenient for her. Um, so we kind of see some interactions here and there, um, but I think the next most important part is that there are some students um, eating, some people are setting down for bed, um, and then there's like starts like stuff like dropping from the ceiling on mm-hmm. them. Um, I read behind the scenes that it was actually them dropping rice on them, but it's it's maggots. It's maggots. You do see plenty of maggots, but when when they're showing them things dropping directly into the girl's hair, it is they're using rice. They're also, using rice, but you see plenty of maggots. There's there's a solid like three minute scene of blaring goblin music mm-hmm. in close ups on maggots, maggots on maggots. <laughs> it's just again, this movie moves in its own way, you know. It's you're questioning things all the way like what what is happening here so they do find that there's a crate of food in, mm-hmm. in the attic mm-hmm. that, and they're saying well we, they're usually so reliable but clearly they sent us rotten food <laughs> and i'm just thinking why is the crate of food in the attic I know. <laughs> that's not a good place to keep your food you're gonna get maggots no matter what up yeah. there you're, you're not helping yeah. yourself so something's not right at the dance academy yeah Ooh, i like that yeah um and so again you think, oh, this is weird. Oh, it's creepy. But it's like it's getting at something because mm-hmm. as a result, all the students can no longer sleep in their rooms. Um, they all are going to sleep in the dance studio. They have beds set up. They have this really, really cool set piece of like these like blankets. I don't know if it's just for like decency or what it is mm-hmm. um, set up around them. Uh, and, you know, the students are kind of talking. Uh, but I think an important part following it is when they finally start going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, the lights go down. Uh, again, the set direction here, the directing of the film, there's um, some like red lights. The lighting is huge in this movie. I mean, more reds. More reds. Um, there's lights behind these sheets. It makes some really cool silhouettes. And they notice that, like, kind of a weird, stocky person kind of comes in and lays down behind one of the blankets, um, is breathing really hoarsely, is is uh they they don't know who it is and i believe is it sarah that's like ooh, that's i bet that's the headmistress that we've been hearing about. it is sarah 
I, I have a problem where some of these girls are very interchangeable. They are. I've had to they see it a few times for me to be able to separate these girls. But it is Sarah. She kind of, uh, Susie and Sarah really take up with each other and kind of investigating these strange things. And Yeah, it's because they, no, you're absolutely right. Because, like, obviously we had Pat's death in the beginning, so you can rule Pat out. But it's like she meets Olga. She meets a couple of them. They kind of talk. It's a little confusing. But, yeah, so Sarah is like, I think that's the headmistress. I don't think she uses her name. No. I think they just say, like, oh, she was supposed to be out of town. But Mm -hmm. I believe that's the headmistress, and this is the person we're not supposed to see, blah, blah, blah. Um, That's kind of the end of that scene. It's just kind of unsettling. There are some close-ups of the silhouette. Again, you never see who it is. You never see what they look like. Um, you don't see if they have an, a hairy arm. You don't see if they have a hairy arm. Is that what, is that what you think is going on? I, we'll, we'll wait until we get to it. But I'm, I'm interested to hear your, your thoughts. Um, and so the next day, uh, they all wake up. They're all practicing. Uh, we did gloss over someone that was, is important. Pardon me. Um, we did gloss over someone that was important to this next part. Um, there is the school's blind pianist. His name is Daniel. Um, he has a dog. And he is there. He's there in a lot of scenes. There's sometimes the camera just kind of follows him. He he is not an unknown character at this point. Um, but he's performing one day, and Miss Tanner comes st- storming into their practice mm-hmm. and uh, is yelling at him, saying that his dog bit the young German blonde boy named Albert, and that uh, I don't know if she did she immediately fire him or she just say like. Your dog she, bit him. She throws his cane and tells him to get out. It's yeah. it's pretty harsh. Yeah, it is pretty harsh, and. You know, I don't know if the actor is blind, but he he just he has a very interesting way of, of carrying himself mm-hmm. <laughs> because he, he he really kind of lays into it a little bit and stumbles across the room. And it's it's kind of a it's an uncomfortable scene. Um, but he you know, he says, my dog would never do this. Mm-hmm. That does not sound right. Um, anyways, he's gone. And I. Uh, so we get a, a cut. He's in a nice little German tavern. Uh, there's a fantastic dance between a bunch of men on a table. I really want to recreate this dance sometime because it's like a it's like a slap fight mixed with like a beat. We need some Lederhosen. We do need some Lederhosen. It is it is great. And and but unfortunately it does not console Daniel. Daniel is is just drinking. Um and he decides to leave. He decides to leave this tavern. He leaves into the night for possibly one of my other favorite parts of this movie. Um, I don't know if this is a set. I don't know if this is a place they just paid for people to not come into. Um, but he starts walking through this city at night where no one's around. Again, no one's around. And it is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, these these um, giant open areas. Mm-hmm. Big open courtyard sort of thing. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's it's great. It reminds me, it honestly reminds me of some of the other Italian films. I, I'm, so I wonder if they did it in Rome somewhere, because um, that's not uncommon to get to just get giant squares that are open. Um, anyways, he's walking through, and the spooks, the spooks come out. I don't know what's a better way to describe you, that. You see some good shadows mm-hmm. um, passing over, and it gives you some idea of what's happening. Yeah, there's a really cool scene where he like crosses the street, and as he's crossing the street, there's this like couple at a stoplight in their car, but they're both like staring at him like unnaturally mm-hmm. type thing. And it's very, very subtle, mm-hmm. but it's like, ooh, that's a good little like, you know, everything is focusing on him. It's almost like everything, the world around him is like holding its breath, you know. Um, and so you're watching him like walk in this courtyard. Uh, it starts focusing, the music picks up. It starts focusing on uh, uh, on statues and, and whatnot. I think there's some birds interactions mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, unfortunately, his dog, what? What does his dog do? Something has bedeviled this dog, and it, it turns on Daniel. It turns on Daniel, and it bites him right it in his neck. right for his throat. Mm-hmm. His own dog murders him, the thing mm-hmm. that's supposed to protect him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very poetic in that way. Um, I will say, it again, these these scenes are kind of intense. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's some pretty decent, they're, they're hokey, but some decent special effects. Um, there's a scene I do like where it's clearly it's a man in his hand. Uh, he has, like, a dog outfit, like, holding his throat. Um, and, and it's, you know, supposed to be the dog. And then it cuts to the actual German shepherd, um, kind of off screen, like chewing on something. And you can tell he's just chewing on a bone. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell this dog is having a fun time. And then it's like back to death. And like, it's very cute. Um, but yeah, this, in the story, this dog murders Daniel in cold blood. Um, and, and you, you know, it's at this point you're putting it together that it's like someone's orchestrating this. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. Something's possessing. Um, and, and the scene in some people spot is, I think it's two cops. They spot his body and they run to him and that's the, uh, that's in, uh, these cops are very, un, uh, ineffective in this, uh, city, unfortunately. 
but uh, all right, I'll, I'll let you, I'll set you up for this next scene, but I, I, I would like you to kind of talk me through it because I, I personally have one part about this scene that I have a hard time understanding. So Sarah and Susie are talking and it comes to, it comes to light that Sarah was the one on the intercom. Yes. And saying to go away, go away, go away. Don't know you go away. She reveals that Pat was behaving strangely mm-hmm. before her death and promises, I'm just reading off the, the sum- summary here, promises to show Susie the notes that she left behind. Okay, so if you know anything about horror films, Sarah has officially crossed that point of no return in the, in the eyes of the villain. She, she's going to give away some important stuff. Sarah has to go. So would, do you mind walking me through Sarah's demise? Well, sometimes I wonder why the girls are... Um so curious about the staff. Yeah. I'm not sure, but part of what Pat had been doing was, was she counting the steps or did Susie figure out about counting the steps? Oh, they were trying to figure out where the staff go at night. So they would kind of listen at the door to count their steps and do the steps go to the left or do they go to the right? And where do they go at night? So there's this big mystery. And, um, those notes kind of are about that a little bit. Um, when we fully get to Sarah, um, being killed, well, um, she gets chased by something, right? Something is chasing her. Um, again, maybe a lack of survival skills. Um, she goes <laughs> in a room, locks a door. <laughs> she, she leans there and watches someone unlocking, trying to unlock the door with a butter knife. It just, yeah, and it just... in, instead of holding the lock in place, she goes and cowers in a corner and watches someone like, <laughs> light, <struggling>. lightly, <laughs> lightly use a butter knife. To unlock the door. Struggling with this knife. Yeah. So, but she does spot um, a little window up high on the wall. Yeah. Which, again, look before you leap. Yes. Absolutely. That's what I've learned from Suspiria. I, I, don't, I don't know what was in her head. Um, she climbs up here and just, she doesn't look. She only leaps. Mm-hmm. Jumps into a big pit of, like, razor wire. Okay. Real quick. You ever seen a room full of razor wire? <laughs> What's the purpose of a room full of razor wire? I don't know. And it's at a dance academy. If you've never seen this movie, this is literally a room. The floor is full of, not like a couple, full of razor wire. There's nothing else in the room. There's nothing else in the room. I guess that's the result. If you get a place that's too big, you get like you have to find storage for yeah. certain things. Yeah, for but, your razor wire. Yeah. So she's like, and, and I will say, it is it is a shocking scene. Um, you can very clearly tell it's not razor wire. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly just like you know wrapped up wire. Um, but that's what it's playing towards. Is it's a razor wire, and and you just like, I mean, it's it is shocking though. Like I mean, she really plays yeah. into it. Um, you're like, oh my gosh, like this really is woo, tough to watch. Um. Again, I don't know how she didn't see that before mm-hmm. she jumped into the room. Um, yeah, oh, man, this scene. I'm a pretty cautious person, so I don't understand that. I, but, I mean, you know, if someone's unlocking your door with a butter knife, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you want to jump into razor wire. I guess so. She, and I will say, like, the, earlier in the chase, she, like, just backs up into a glass pane and then immediately into another one. Like, uh-huh. she's she's beating herself up at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but Have we gotten to the part that you have a problem with? Uh, th- I th- I would say it's this. I would say it's this. Uh, just that there's razor wire. Just that there's a room yeah. full of razor wire. Yeah. Did you think it was something else by it, chance? No, that I kind of thought that was it. I I accept it watching the movie. It, you know, not everything makes sense. But I just I wonder. I feel like there's only two options here. I feel like it's either magically created, therefore mm-hmm. magical razor wire, or there literally is a room where they store razor wire. Like there's only two options there. You know. Yeah. Um, and, and at this point, again, you don't know what the monster is, what even relatively it is. And so you're just like, what is happening in this movie? It's bananas. And so uh, the, the killer comes up, gets her throat. It's actually kind of, it's a kind of a cool little uh, special effect uh, when it slits her throat. Um, it, I don't know if you recall it. Yeah. yeah. Remind it, me. Uh, it's just it's just a close up on the neck, and it cuts it, and it kind of it honestly kind of looks like you're cutting into like meat. Like it's a pretty okay. decent little you know slice and whatnot. It is graphic. Again, this movie is pretty graphic. I would say it's not for the faint of heart. Um, but uh, other than that, I would say it's it's nothing too bad besides the graphic nature of it. Um, but Sarah's gone. Sarah Sarah's dead. The killer got her. Um, Susie wakes up and is immediately like, "Where's Sarah? I don't. I, where where where's she at? That's weird. Why why is she gone?" Uh, and Miss Tanner tells her that she's go- that she left that yeah. she left the school, 
that Pe- people just leave the school a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and without any type of, it's it's strange. You know, I don't know. So naturally, though, because Susie, I mean, she's not a terrible protagonist. She she is suspicious at this point. Um, she does contact Sarah's friend, uh, former psychologist Frank Mandel, uh, and this is Udo Kier, right? Udo Kier. Yeah. Um, in which one of the people you got to meet, right? He's, he had the most piercing eyes I've ever seen. He has played a vampire before. I I think he might actually be a vampire. Yeah. But please, he's a pretty cool guy. I was gonna say, please tell me he was nice. If he wasn't nice, just tell me off. He absolutely was nice. Okay, that's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I I feel like he saw right through my soul, but he was nice. <laughs> he saw that you had a. Uh, a beautiful soul. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so she she meets up with the psychologist Frank Mandel. Uh, he reveals that the school was established by a Greek Im- immigrant, Helena Marcos. That's the first time you hear that name that is important, Helena Marcos, who is allegedly a witch. Um, <gasps> I know. And that's kind of like the reveal of the movie is it's, it, again, I mean, it's somebody saying hearsay, but it's like, oh, okay, so there might be kind of a coven situation going on here, which makes sense. Um, and then he also introduced her to Professor, is it Milius, a professional professor of the occult? That sounds right. Um, and they kind of, there's a scene that is really there. I mean, it's there for plot purposes. It's there to say, oh yeah, I specialize in the occult. It is the occult. Both of those characters have that one scene. Yeah. So they're just literally giving us some scene. information. Yeah, literally one scene. And um, what's important, though, is Professor Milius does reveal that the coven of witches perishes without their leader from whom they draw power. Um, and so Susie is like, that's it. This, this dance academy is a coven of witches. Um, Helena Marcos uh, was or is, you know, in some way, shape, or form here. Um, so she returns to school uh, with this newfound knowledge, and everyone's gone. And we kind of begin the, like, third act, I would say, you know, or... Uh, you know the final the final girl phase of this movie. Um, it's 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 at this point I think I think it's actually a little later. The secret and the iris come back, um, but kind of talk about like the atmosphere when she comes back because the school is the same but it is different. Again, it's this you're isolated, you're alone. Um, it's I would say it's even like to go as far. Is this the first time we see the wall with like the trees and the flowers on it? I think we've seen it once before. Yeah, she goes into uh, I think it's Miss Tanner's office. I believe is who it is. Or maybe it's Madame Block. Some fancy kind of room. I didn't really understand what it was. Yeah. Well, what I'm getting at is that she officially kind of pushes past this threshold of like, um, you're you're only allowed in certain areas. Your your agency's kind of taken away, which is import- important. I want to point out. I read that originally Dario Argento wanted these characters to all be like twelve. Yeah. Um, and then the the studio was like, "You can't kill them like this. They have no. to be adults." And so he raised it, but he purposely kept childlike qualities to mm-hmm. these characters. And so when you see something like this, them pushing past this threshold, this going to places they shouldn't mm-hmm. go, um, it's very interesting. And so I think that's very much the energy right now. I didn't catch this, but I was watching an interview talking about that how they had kind of intended for younger girls. That with the set design, once they had these older actresses, um, they put doorknobs kind of high. Oh yeah, to kind of make it look a little more like a child reaching for a doorknob. Yeah, there you go. So it's and little, it, little touches here. Yeah, it's it's you know Argento is very reliant on his sets, but that I mean it makes sense though. It's kind of he wants you to feel like these are helpless people. At times, you know, it's kind of comical with their survival instincts, but it's like again, he wants you to feel them being helpless in these mm-hmm. scenarios. Um, and so Susie pushes into this office um she starts kind of like thinking back to herself she realizes everyone's gone and she recalls that pat uttered the the words secret and iris um when she passed her that night and when Susie first got to the dance academy and so she's like thinking about that and she sees a wall and what do you know there's an iris on the wall uh, a flower an iris i should say and so she kind of like, I forget if she like pushes it or kind of messes with it. She turns it. Yeah. Oh, turns it. Yeah, yeah. Turns it. And it's a door. Ooh. It opens up. It's, it's a door. Spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she kind of like enters this this corridor and she like kind of, this is clearly where she's not supposed to be. Like this is way past it now. Um, and she kind of comes across these, uh, the academy instructors and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, why is everybody back here? What's going on? They're just doing some sinister ritual is all. Yeah, they're performing a sinister ritual, a human sacrifice, right? Mm. Oh, don't you just hate it? And talking about that American girl, she must die. Oh. She must disappear. Oh. What a bad time to show up, you know? 
that's not a pleasant thing to hear people saying about you. No, you know, so. well, you know, when you say like, yeah, your ears are burning when people are talking about you. Yeah. I, I, I think this is definitely one of those situations where that you don't want that to happen. So Albert, the little German boy, sees her mm-hmm. and uh, they sick Pavlos on her. Um, and so she starts, I, I forget if he runs or if he walks, doesn't matter. He chases her. Um, she hides in an alcove. And this is where she finds Sarah's disfigured corpse. It's, it's, it's really kind of going, I, I'll, I won't say it's going past 10 and going to an 11 because the 2018 remake goes to an 11. Uh, but for this movie, this is where, I mean, it's really going down now. So like it's, it's witches. She's confirmed. There's Sarah's disfigured corpse. Um, there's a lot going on right now. I think they do a good job with the corpse. I think she's got stakes through her wrists. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a pretty good job making a corpse for this movie. Yeah, and and, so. and she kind of makes like a comeback later in a few minutes too, right? Yes. Like, um, and so yeah, they're like she comes across the uh, ritual itself, um, but eventually Susie retreats into Helena Marcos's bedroom. Um, it's it's kind of unclear whether she knew that or not. It was more like she was running. I think she's running away. Uh, but she finds out she's not alone in the room, mm-hmm. and there's someone sleeping. She hears the same wheezing, snoring <laughs> figure <laughs> which, in the bed. Which I say, I don't think I snore, but if I do, like that's a little rude to say <laughs> you yeah. can identify the witch based off of her <laughs> snoring. <laughs> but anyways, they're like, oh, this is, this is the person I heard that night. Mm-hmm. This is them. This is the one that Sarah was talking about. Um, and she backs into a decorative peacock and accidentally... As one does. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> and, and, and awakens the spooky lady. The spooky lady. And uh, Helena Marcos just straight up, she shows off some of her powers and she just goes invisible. And she's kind of getting up and, you know, she's she's coming to kill her and she's laughing menacingly. She has a scary voice. She has a really I, scary I, voice. I like it. Yeah. And, and I, I read, too, Argento just cast like an old Italian woman. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, and taunts Susie. Uh, she even like reanimates Sarah's corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the makeup is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, her eye—I'm I'm sure they just had her close her eyes and then they painted over her eyelids. But like, she's spooky looking. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mutilated corpse is gonna like murder her. And then uh, how how does Susie get out of this? There, there's something happening. I want to see if you remember exactly what happens. Well, I remember what she does. What she does. Well, how does she see where she is? Well, there's just this faint shimmer of a figure there. Yeah, the lightning is striking. Yeah, yeah. so she can see where a figure is sitting, even though Helena Marcus is invisible at this point. So she takes a piece of that uh, that peacock figure, mm, mm. and are we ready? I'm ready. She, she stabs her in the neck. Stabs her in the neck. She, she gets her. Oh, Susie comes back with a vengeance mm-hmm. and lays it down on Marcus. Uh, it completely, like, it catches her off guard. I have to say, this is legitimately a scary scene, especially with Sarah's corpse. Like, this is really scary. Um, she's, she sets Marcos down. Marcos dies. Her corpse vanishes. And if we remember what the two professor or the psych- psychiatrist and professor said, the other people won't survive without their headmistress. And so Susie starts running and uh, is imploding the right word? <laughs> at, f- at first, it seems like there's a wind tunnel and all the other <laughs> dancing witches are, yeah. they don't know what's happening. Yeah. And, but yeah, then the academy is imploding and there's fire and there's fire. all kinds of things. The whole place is burned down, baby. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, they, I mean, she she won. She won. It, she kind of, I would say stumbled her way into winning, but she defeated the witch coven. Um, Madame Blanc, Miss Tanner, Pavlos, uh, I think Albert's in that group too, can't survive. Yeah. Um, and Susie escapes into the rainy night. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how the film ends. I don't necessarily want to stop there, but you're holding your DVD copy. You look like you want to say something. Do you think she keeps dancing? <laughs> I just, I want to know what becomes of Susie. You know, though, like, okay, I have to say, what a story to be like, you know, come dance with me, Susie. And she's like, I can't. I, I have, can't. I have bad memory. Yeah. <laughs> Not since the witches. <laughs> Not <laughs> since the witches. Uh, I, don't, I don't dance anymore. Don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is a whole situation to a 20-year-old girl is traumatizing. Yeah, absolutely. How do you come back from this? Well, in knowing this German town at night, no one's going to be outside, so no, no one's going to help her. No. I mean, it implies that she wins, but... So I, I want to switch gears really quick. The Suspiria remake, there are some differences, but the most noticeable one that I know is by far the ending. 
Um, do you remember anything about the ending? I, I to the don't. Movie? I watched the remake one time. I need to revisit it. Okay. So I'm going to minorly spoil this, but it's just because of how crazy it gets. So there's a couple of changes in the remake. And in the remake, it's revealed that there are three... So there are three mothers in this. This mm-hmm. is technically a three mothers trilogy by Dario Argento. Um, there are three mothers in the remake, Suspiria, and two of them, I believe, are either alive or at the school. The third one actually is the main character. Okay. So she's Susie, but she's inadvertently Mother Suspiria. She's the third and mother. she doesn't know it. Yeah, okay. she doesn't know it, and she's kind of revealed as like the, the ultimate mother. Like, she's the real mother. Mm-hmm. In the movie, like just goes for it like again they were setting up for a human sacrifice but it's like heads are exploding and stuff it is not a you know heroine gets away and survives it is like oh she's the bad guy Mm -hmm. and the bad guys win and it's like oh man um i would say the remake is like far and away more disturbing than the new one or than the original one uh, but it is a trip. If you like the original one, you should watch the remake just um, for minor changes. It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad movie. Tilda Swinton's great. Tilda Swinton's great in everything. I, I love her. She's great. They kind of purposely do some stuff. They, um, The director, uh, I forget how to say it, Luca Guadagnino? Yes. Um, he um, purposely desaturates all his colors just mm-hmm. to counterbalance the saturation of this film. They're, it's they're, The two films are talking to each other, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's very interesting. Um We'll we'll get back to this unless there was something else you wanted to say about the remake. Uh, Dakota Johnson's in it. She's great. She's from from your favorite film series, <laughs> yes, Fifty was, Shades. I do have you to thank for that. That was probably the second most scary movie I saw this year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> was Fifty Shades. Um, I I I think Suspiria, the original, it's a classic. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it stands the test of time. There's a reason you can't find it for cheap anywhere. I mean, it's it's just fantastic. It's it's a great movie. Um. What are what are some of your overall just last thoughts on Suspiria? Well, I want to say I'm glad it never made it to the five dollar bin at Walmart. I, yeah. This is an awesome movie. Um, I I do want everyone to see it. Um, streaming right now on Canopy. It is. So we just told you the whole plot, but you need to go watch you it. Need we, to watch we still it. have not done it justice. No. Um, and, and that's a great point to point out too is that it's streaming because again, I mean, this I I could only find new. I could never find any used copies. And if I did find new copies, they were minimum $20. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is hard to find mm-hmm. and it is free um streaming th- with your library card right now. So check it out on Canopy. Um it's fantastic. It's a good it's a good Halloween watch. It's a solid horror movie in general. Um I I am so happy we talked about this. I'm so happy that you brought your copy. Uh, I legitimately kind of want to burn that. I don't know what year it is, but burn that CD that we have of the Goblin CD. Yeah. Um, I might borrow that from you if you don't mind. Feel free. Okay, cool. London, um, I had so much fun with you talking about this. I, I did too. I noticed we keep doing a deep dive and talking about witches. We do. We, we might have to keep this That's going. That's a good point. So You know, I, I don't regret already talking about the witch um, just because it's so good. But, it, it, you know, it's, we talked about it for October. That's crazy. Do you know um, Double Double Toil and Trouble with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? Uh, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but yeah, I do know it. Something to think about. Is that something to think about? Is maybe. that is that maybe the, the third best witch maybe. story we're talking about? Probably. Okay. okay. Uh, London, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you guys for joining us as you're listening. Uh, obviously, we couldn't do this without you guys. Um, this is super important to us, and it's a fun part of our job, but it's also a good way to connect with you guys. So if you ever have any feedback, ever want to reach out to us, uh, first off, feel free to like and subscribe to this content. But second off, you can always email us at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org. Uh, this film we talked about today is 1990, sorry, 1977 Suspiria, uh, made by Dario Argento. You can find it on Canopy. And uh, we're going to continue on with this spooky month. Uh, we got some more spooky stuff heading your way. And uh, London, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, and happy October. Happy October. We'll see you all later. Mm-hmm.